the ABC's word wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rowley Sussex. It's that time of the day, the ABC's word wizard, Professor Rowley Sussex, OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland, is here, willing and able to talk with you about words, language and linguistics. Good afternoon, Professor Sussex. What have you enjoyed about the Echo so far? Oh, the equipment. There's an enormous tractor out there. I've never seen anything bigger. I'd love to have a drive. Oh, wow. Mm. Are you qualified to drive a no. tractor? Okay. That, will that stop me? Well, look, as long as you're not stonkered, it won't be a problem, I'm sure. <laughs> now, you would like to begin our conversation this afternoon with a look at the nicknames that sporting people get yes. uh, Okay. have... Uh, Why? Why? Okay, because we're getting to the pointy end of the football seasons, all of them, and not only do teams have nicknames, but players have nicknames, really fantastic ones. And in Australia, we are better than anybody else at inventing improbable names and evocative names, and sometimes quite difficult ones. It's a bit like rhyming slang, which was invented for thieves to talk to each other so that the police couldn't understand. And some of these nicknames, you really have to get someone to explain to you how they came about. So... Whereas the ones for teams tend to be like, you know, the hawks and the cats and so on, some image that you want your team to behave like, the ones for players are entirely unpredictable. They could go anywhere. And I'm afraid almost all of them are male. Hmm. Like I was thinking of Susie O'Neill, who was called anyone Madam Butterfly. Okay, but most of them are men. And I've got lots and lots of good examples. For example? John Eels, one of our best ever rugby captains. He was called Nobody. Because nobody's perfect. <laughs> and, and Australians like doing this. We pull anybody leg, anybody's leg with names that are unlikely. My favourite is actually a British one. There was a, a man called Martin of Fire who played rugby in England. And his name was Chariots. Chariots of Fire. All right. And once you think that, you think, gee, someone's had a, a clever moment there. And these are part of our sporting law. And we use them when we're talking about players we admire. Well, I'm trying to now think if I can come up with a good nickname for you, Professor Sussex. But I'll, uh, I'll hold thought on that and instead ask you to consider why a nickname for a sports person might be so different from the nickname that they grew up with not playing sports. I mean, it's to do with the activity, isn't it? I think it? it's to do with the activity and it's also the interesting thing that when you get a name for a team, it's probably chosen corporately. You know, the board says we like to this, like to have this one. Your personal one is probably assigned by one of your mates or your friends and players are really, really pleased when someone invents something that's really unlikely and it's going to be part of the way in which the team bonds together. You know, this is me mate so-and-so. And, uh, for example, there was a bloke called Sigsworth who played league in New South Wales. His name was What's a Packeter? What's a Packeter Sigsworth? All right. And this is a kind of joke. It's an in-joke. It's part of the way in which the group in the team and their supporters talk about their favourite people. Uh, another really good one was a man called Matt Hilda, and he had to be called Walsing. Walsing, Matt Hilda, all right. Now, sometimes people from overseas say, I don't get it, and you have to explain because these are really Australian. The British don't go in for this nearly as much as we do, uh, but we, we have a kind a, an in, imaginative sort of gift, which is part of the way we identify with our players and admire them, and, oh, so-and-so had a, you know, had a really bad game the other day. You have to be careful because if someone from the other team is there, you may get thumped, but never mind. 
and I've got lots and lots more, some of which are quite interesting, like Tiger Woods. What was his real first name, anyone? Do you happen to know? What was Tiger Woods' first name? And we've got a contribution from the floor there. Johnny the Man oh, Manning, of I, course you know. I, I, I know. Do you, does, do you know what Tiger Woods' real name was, James? James is thinking. I can tell you. Uh, well, go on, Ro- you may as well. Rolly can say it. Go on, Rolly. Yeah, OK, it was Eldrick. Oh. Who knows Eldrick? Eldrick. And Tiger sounds much better. Doesn't it? Uh, and so this is a case where the name is actually taken over entirely and his ordinary first name is just about forgotten and only a few rather clever sporting people who know a lot about the sport will actually know it. John, you found a comment from the floor. Yeah, Carly from Meadowbrook here has a really interesting linguistic question for you, Rolly. Go ahead. Hi, Rolly. Yeah. Um, We're teaching our son to talk at the moment and I just wanted to know what's the best way to get a, a baby or a toddler to start learning a language? Talk to them and with them and interactively as much as you can. But don't be worried if your child is slow to start because there are some kids that just aren't ready. And then one day, I had a friend who had a a little boy who's three and a half. He'd hardly uttered a word. And then one day, he just suddenly started talking in complete sentences. And they couldn't work out. He'd obviously been storing it all up, getting it all sorted. And then he let fly. And from that that point on, they couldn't shut him up. So the the thing with children is they, they need to hear language going on around them. And there's no good plonking them in front of the TV and just leaving that. You've got to interact with them and share words and play with words. And the children will pick up the, uh, the, the trick really quickly. I used to have a game with my kids where we had favorite books and I'd read the book and I'd make a mistake in a particular place. And they'd pick it up and correct it. And this was a lovely way of learning things by heart, sharing a joke and being part of learning language together. Uh, children will also learn things that you don't want them to learn. So watch your language when the kids are around. That's so true. The the odd thing is that by the age of four, we have completed the biggest act of learning anyone ever does in their lives, and that's learning a language without being taught. It's simply by being exposed and using it with your friends and the other kids and your parents and so on. And by four, you basically got all the sounds, all the grammar, really big vocabulary, and a lot of skill about how to use it with people. I suppose it's not just the uh, articulation of the words, but the arrangement of the mouth, the, uh, as the French say, uh, Rolly, the embouchure, embouchure of the mouth, which might help you learn a language if you needed to. It means it? a mouth. And so embouchure, I was a clarinetist, and how you put the instrument in your mouth is your embouchure. Ah, there we go. There you go. I'm glad we settled that. Alan Akarina. G'day, Alan, you've got a question for Rolly. What would you like to know? Yes, I do. I have a question. Uh, sorry. Yes, why is the Kagari pronounced Gari? Everyone tells me the K is silent. But how can they... And there's no written Aboriginal language. So how can you have a silent K? No, it's not actually silent. I believe that people who speak the language up there pronounce it Kagari, but K and G never occur side by side in English. It's actually a bit difficult to say. And so what we do is we simplify the thing by taking just the second one and forgetting about the first one. It's like psychology, all right, or the gnomies in your garden, which come from Greek. They've got an, a, a sound which we just ignore. And so Kagari, uh, Kugari, if you, unless you actually slow down and say it very carefully, you won't hear the K at all. Uh, I'm afraid about that. That's the way it's going to be. But I would always try and say it out of respect for the people whose language it is. 
Alias Fraser Island, of course. Thank you very much, uh, Alan, at Carina to Chevron Island now. And Marilyn, hello, Marilyn, what would you like to know? Hi, you're fading in and out. Um, I'd like to know how to spell phlebotomist, the guy who was taking all my blood while I was in hospital. Ah, it's a P-H-L-E, no, phlebotomist, P-H-L-E-B-O-T-O-M-I-S-T. And it comes from the Greek word, the tumbit is Greek for cutting, and the phlebit is vein, so it's a vein cutter. And your phlebotomist is the person who takes blood from you in hospital and sends it off to the lab for analysis. That's exactly what I was going to say, Rolly. Of course. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. glad you got in first. That was yeah. fine. I wanted you to have that one. That's good. We, we slice veins every day. <laughs> I, I do with bougainvilliers anyway. Uh, Johnny the Man Manning, question from the floor at the show. Well, we've got another uh, submission for the nicknames. Yeah, let's uh, have it. So this is Martin from Chelmer. Thanks. Uh, um, nice to see you in person, Riley. Thank you. Uh, and the one I it just came to mind out of nowhere, but it's uh, a snooker player, Alex Higgins, who yes. had a checkered life, an Irish, and, and he was only ever known as Hurricane Higgins because of the speed around the table. I don't he know was you, too. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. I haven't thought about that one. Thank you for that, for reminding me. No, he, was, he was a very, very quick player. A lot of snooker players spent a lot of time thinking about the next next shot they're going to play and so exactly on. Right. He was unbelievably quick in assessing yeah. and, and, and actually in, pot, in potting balls too. He was, he was great. I've got a few others. There was a bloke called Aaron Badley whose name was Dresses because he dresses badly. Uh-huh. And, you know, these sometimes they're not, not terribly kind, but they're, once they're said, they're, they stick and after a while you start to identify with them. I was called Profi at school because of, my dad was a professor and I was a bit of a nerd. Mm-hmm. And it stuck. On ABC Radio Brisbane in Queensland, Martin at Chelmer, lovely to see your face. Uh, to the name, to the show, uh, even if you're not at the show. Uh, but Johnny the Man Manning keeps finding friends at the show. John, who are you with now? Well, this is Carolyn from the Gold Coast, and she's got a question. Now, we hear this one a couple of times previously, but it's one that always comes up. What is it? Vulnerable or vulnerable? Ah, uh, yeah. It's written L-N, and it should be pronounced L-N, and if you listen carefully to Kat, she will always say vulnerable. But this is one of those words where you've got two consonants in the middle of a word, it's a little difficult to say both, and we tend, especially at speech, at speed, just to drop the first one. So Arctic becomes Arctic, right? And Australia, le-ya, le-ya, becomes Australia, and million becomes million, so it's part of a pattern. And it's something, something that even Kat and I would do if we were really in a hurry commenting on the football, which you've recently discovered. The football. The football. The, like the rugby league. Football. Yeah. Are we a little lazy? Are we a little... Watch what we can't hear. A bit of lazy. Are we a little lazy? A little lazy. Um, I, I don't think so, because or, no, ordinary people who are normally careful speakers will start doing this the faster they go. And it's only when Kat and I are in front of a microphone we try and make sure that all the consonants are present. On ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland to Tingalpa now and Simon. Hi, Simon. Go ahead. G'day. Um, my kids think that I've got a special language called gibber at certain parts of the day um, and it, it happens all the time. Um, but, look, the best um, nickname, of course, is um, Af- uh, Mark Wall. He was known as Afghanistan, yeah. the Forgotten War. And, and do, um, do you know what one of the other wars was called? What was the other war? There was Tugger, because of Tugger War. Oh, Tugger War, yes. Yes, yes. And Cricket has a, has a, a, a Tubby, Tubby Taylor and all, all, oh, the, yes. all the other, yes. and, you know, Clarkie and all that sort of stuff. 
this it's, it's a great little sort of um, camaraderie that used to go on more so in cricket and uh, but rugby league and football tend to be a little bit more vicious with their um, things. But thanks for um, being here. Thank you. To you guys. Um, yeah, I love it every every Thursday afternoon. So I'm. Um, if you want a new language, uh, Rolly, it's called Jibber from Pearson, okay? Jibber, there you go. Jibber, okay, I think, thank I believe you. I'm fluent at it at certain hours of the weekend, uh, Simon at Tingal, but thank you very much. Catherine at Clayfield, Rolly, has texted in. She says, uh, Kat, can you ask Rolly, uh, look, my children are coming home from school being taught that the letter H is pronounced H, uh, and I correct them to say H, which no. is what I was taught at school. Uh, where has H come from? Thanks to Catherine at Clayfield. The story is that H comes from Ireland, which is the only country where it's a regular pronunciation. I was taught at school that H was something you should never, never say in school, and we were punished for it. But uh, it was believed that the Irish teachers in the convents, you know, the brothers and, and the nuns, were pronouncing it the Irish way, and that spread south from Queensland. I don't think I really believe that, because I know of packets of H all the way around Australia, from Perth to Melbourne and Tassie, where people have had no contact at all with any Catholic education at all. And H has become probably more common in Australia than H, I think. I, I certainly know that uh, Mr. Beatty was a H man. I'm trying... To, oh, yeah, Anna Bly was an H lady. And I'm trying to work out how I can get the current Premier to commit herself to either H or H. I haven't found an opportunity yet. We'll get it. <laughs> we'll get there. Professor Rolly Sussex, your Lord of Language on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland, where it's about half past two. My name is Kat Feeney, and uh, if things are feeling a little upside down and back to front this afternoon, it's simply because uh, this radio program is being broadcast from the show. This is the radio show at the show, at the exhibition, and it's excellent, isn't it? Just briefly, we get echo from the word exhibition. We do, and it's the only echo in the world. I've done a check. Uh, there are, every big city in Australia has a royal agricultural show of some kind or another, but we are the only ones with an exhibition which is shortened to an echo. So that's, that's a Brisbane special, it and is. it's something which identifies us. You know, if you say in Brisbane, I'm going to the exhibition, people will think, ooh, being a bit formal. Going to the echo this afternoon, yeah, sure. Just the way we talk about it. Patricia is uh, listening along in Burley Heads. Hi, Patricia. What would you like to know? Hello, everybody. Um, my question is, I was taught that the imperfect tense is was and the verb ended in ing, yes. like was sitting, was mm. heading. Mm -hmm. But I hear people saying now they were sat under the tree. Mm -hmm. They were headed for England. Mm -hmm. Okay, the, right. right. Both are right, and they're right for different reasons. I was headed for England. To, to head is to point yourself in a particular direction. And so I was uh, surprised, all right, that I was headed for England. So this is a past participle. Whereas uh, I, he was sat. This is a funny one. Sit has got itself totally confused. But I was, I was seated, meaning someone gave me a seat. I was sitting, meaning I was in that position. And he was, he was sat, I think, is not correct, but it's getting very, very common. So there are lots of bits of English verbs which are in move motion at the moment, and a very common one is those verbs like sing, sang, sung. A lot of people say he sung a song rather than he sang a song. He swam across the river rather than he swam across the river. We're losing the middle one, which was the past tense, and I think within a generation it'll have gone. All in motion. Yeah. Uh -huh. So was I correct in being taught that the imperfect is the verb ending in ing. You are absolutely right. Your, te your teachers did well. 
Patricia at Burley Heads, thank you so very much on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Uh, Professor Rowley Sussex, your Lord on language, we're about to um, ask you, Rowley, for your last word Mm. uh, this afternoon because I've just been informed that our roving reporter, Joel Spreadborough, has found himself in an interesting situation at the Large Animal Pavilion. Oh. Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny whether there are any platypus or platypi involved. Or platypodes. Well, what is it? What is the appropriate... Platypuses. Platypuses. Yeah, afraid so. Uh, Platypi, people think that it's it's Latin, so you should add I on the end. That's wrong. The word is Greek, and it means a flat foot. Oh, there you go. Excellent. Before we um, have your last word, Professor, anything else uh, that you would like to add about the uh, subject you raised this afternoon of the, uh, the personal nicknames given to athletes? Well, there's Antonio Rocca. Rocca. And he had a little brother who was called Pebbles, because a small rock is a pebble, okay? And uh, you can imagine his, his no teammates just doing this. Uh, there was a lovely one, Selwood. There were, I think, three or four Selwood brothers who played AFL, and they were called Bunnings, because at Bunnings they sell wood, okay? And that was, a fact, I guess was invented by the wife of Craig McRae. I rang up the Lions one day and said, where does this thing come from? And they said, we've actually got a poet at the, in the club. And she did it, so she gets the credit. But there are lots more. The flying doormat was Bruce Duell, who played AFL. And a lot of these, once they're there, they stick. And you remember almost the, 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 the nickname more than the actual player himself, although Duell took some incredible marks. Um, Nicholas Anelka was known as the Incredible Sulk because he used to get very cross with the referee. And Michael Holding, the West, uh, the West Indian bowler, was called Whispering Death because he used to arrive at the crease very quietly and then leave, let go these incredibly fast balls. So that, you know, there's a way of becoming immortal, actually. I rather like it. I rather like you, Professor Rollis Sussex. And the time we get to spend together on Thursdays, Words Days on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland, 25 minutes to three. Rolly, may we please have your last word? This is King Edward VIII, who visited America. And when he left, he said, you know, the thing that impresses me most about America is the way the parents obey their children. Very good, Prof. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kat. I'll a be back next pleasure week. pleasure and a privilege. Professor Rowley Sussex, your Lord of Language on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland every Thursday afternoon after the two o'clock news. Just remember, Thursdays are words days. And of course, if that was not enough, Rowley, and let's be honest, it never is, make, sure, <laughs> yeah. make sure you subscribe to the podcast, A Word in Your Ear, the podcast. You can find it through the ABC Listen app or wherever you find your podcasts. And you're pretty active on Facebook as well, Rolly, so we can hop on down. I am, and people ask fantastic questions on Facebook. I sometimes struggle to keep up with them, but we know it's a, a lovely place to discover language in Australia, well, which is I... one of the most interesting and lively ang- Englishes anywhere, and it's ours. You've been listening to A Word in Your Ear, a podcast from ABC Radio Brisbane. For more information, head to abc.net.au/brisbane.